here we go. The penultimate episode of Static. I like that word, you know. I've probably used it before, but that's because penultimate is a fantastic word. It means second to last. We're not at the finish line, but we can see it stretching down the road. The long, dark road through the woods. We feel alone on that road. Hell, maybe we hope we're alone. But something watches us. Something that doesn't want us to reach that finish line. I'll keep it brief. You know the drill already. We'd love to hear from you, and if you want to help the show, there's three major ways you can participate. Telling a friend, leaving a review, and backing us on Patreon, where you'll get bonus episodes and more. Links to all our stuff are in the show notes, as usual. Okay, let's get right into Static, Episode 14, The Blow Has Fallen. The eggs are mostly clean, but they're coming out. I don't know who they are. But you gotta take this along. The implications. Hey, Dr. D, uh, don't we have a session this afternoon? I'm nearly done telling you my story. I'm sorry. As you can see, my office is a mess. I've been looking for something, and for the life of me, I can't even quite remember what it was I was looking for. I could clear off a little space over here on your couch. I mean, uh, it ain't that big a deal. There's books all over the place, I'm afraid. I've been reorganizing. I'm trying to get rid of some of my older books and journals that are out of date. You'd be surprised how many unimportant things people like to hold on to. I think our minds are like that as well. Yeah, yeah, good good point. I'm fascinated by your story, Jacob. And while I'm curious to see how you ended, I feel it's also important that we circle back to the impact of the story. The hidden meaning, if you will, of the entire affair. Um, not everything in life has to have a hidden meaning, right, Doc? I, I mean, um, didn't Freud say something like, uh, sometimes a cigar is just a cigar? Jacob, no one takes Freud seriously anymore. Yeah, Freud's ideas are even older than some of these books I'm trying to get rid of. All right, then. So, how did your agents get rid of old Harold? Um, I'll get to that. Aha! This is the book I was searching for, Legends of the Great Lakes by David Cabrera. I doubt you're familiar with this collection. Should I be? Stories and myths of the native peoples of the Great Lakes region. I had a dream about this, about one of these stories. Here it is. Have you heard of the Hobomack? Does this have anything to do with my story? The Mohegan Indians have a story. uh, A story about how stories can signify the end. Not just signify the end, but actually bring it about. A creature, known as the Hobomack, comes to a tribe. It kills off their medicine man. It tears off his face and wears it like a mask. It replaces him. It becomes him. And then it speaks to the tribe and it tells them a story. A story about chaos, death, and destruction. And then the tribe is destroyed. Um, I don't really see how your story has anything to do with my story, Doctor. Tell me about the King in Yellow. I don't want to talk about that goddamn play. Not just the play. Tell me about the king whom emperors have served. Who does he choose? Why does he choose them? He's just another vector. Just another goddamn thing outside the human comprehension. And that's the way we're going to keep it, okay? Um, we ain't here to answer questions. Well, I question your answers. He presented the sign to Dorothy, showed her his favor, granted her insight into madness. He gave the sign to Fred, used Fred to protect Violet. And then the king gave Willow the knowledge to create the sign on her own. Willow, the least corruptible, becoming the most corrupt. They were told how to get to Elysian Wells, how to reach Carcosa. You're going to let me finish my story? Honestly, Jacob, I'm not sure if I should. What if the telling of your story of chaos and death and destruction brings chaos and death and destruction to us? They tell me all your stories, all the little worries you cry. They tell me what the world needs, what to say, who to please.
Picking things up where we left off, um, it's Sunday, November 21st, around 6 p.m. in the city of New Orleans. We're back in that same dive bar, the same dive bar set, which has been just dressed by the set designers just enough to show us that we've got a New Orleans setting with a fleur-de-lis clock. They've substituted the, the jazz jukebox for the normal jukebox, and the patrons, of course, look appropriate to the location. The three of you are back at the same table you were, back in the same places as you were when we left the story, and sitting in the fourth seat at the table is Old Harold, raising a glass of beer, joined in with the rest of you, toasting to the, uh, the oddity that the four of you have in common. And we pick up our scene as the lights come up here. Well, I, for one, could use another round. Her Harold just nods with that nice, polite smile. Why not? Sure. Uh, who gets the beers? Dorothy will go and grab them. Okay. I'm still busy drawing. Uh, has Willow started a new drawing? No, I think she's still working on the first one. Because I believe Dorothy took that away from her. Uh. I did I did say that I took it away. Mm. She, she might, you know... Oh, I, she might have given it back. You want it back? Well, I'm sure she feels like she could do better anyway, so she started again. <laughs> oh, Excellent. man. So, uh, of course, Dorothy, when you return the table, there is no conversation. You know, old Harold is sitting there. He says it finished his first beer. He'll gladly take a second, but he's still nursing the first one. Okay. Um, Fre Fred has. Yep. <laughs> Fred has finished his. And, and, and Willow is pr not drinking a lot, which is Willow's MO. Mm -hmm. You know, she just sips socially. More interested in her drawing. So, Dorothy, you bring a, you know, a new round to the table. There's that continued awkward silence. What do you want to do? I think you see Fred kind of settle on his chair. And, and, and you, know, you know him by now. Uh, his face hardens and he, he gets an idea. He kind of just kind of has a nice smile c come up on his face and say, You know what, Harold? That, that whole story about... How you you were part of a play and all these things and and our mutual understanding of, of all of this or lack thereof. Do you like strong alcohol, Harold? Uh, I, I can't can't quite say that I do. Um, I'm I'm kind of a lightweight. Hmm. All right, because I was I was just about to go maybe buy some glasses of whiskey. Well, I uh, I never really taken much to whiskey. But I, I won't say no if you're buying. I am. Well, um, uh, I'm very grateful. Well, thank you kindly. All right. And uh, Fred gets up and goes to order uh, um, a double for uh, Harold uh, and uh, for for himself uh, just just a straight straight glass of whiskey. All right. So the bartender takes care of that order wordlessly, puts both glasses on the table. Fills up Harold's first, the double, gives you regular helping, and pushes it over to you. Yep. Grabs them, one in each hand, and kind of comes back, uh, sits down, gives the drink to, to Harold, and kind of goes to tears again to, to kind of clink the glasses. Uh, uh, before he clinks, he, he looks at you and says, What, what, what are we toasting? Hmm. The sign. Oh. He, he nods. To the sign. Dorothy will raise her glass. To the sign. 
Uh, he cl- clinks glasses with Fred. Uh, he tries it, winces a bit, and then takes a lighter sip with his next gr- drink mm. and nurses. He nurses at his double. He's, not, he's clearly not a, not a heavy drinker. Yep. Willow will just point at the napkin because y'all toasted the sign. <laughs> <laughs> so, Willow, uh, give me a pow roll. 45 should be good. Yeah, under 70. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, you you are showing the sign to the folks at the table, but you otherwise aren't feeling any compulsion to, to share it outside your social circle here. And for those of you, everyone at the table, it's um, you recognize what you see. I'll put it that way. You recognize it. Yep. It doesn't have any kind of unusual impact on you. Um, it, it almost feels like uh, comforting or familiar at this point. It's something that you have seen before. And it looks like what you've seen before. And there's a little bit of a satisfaction, oddly enough, that Willow seems to have correctly uh, fixed it from her first awkward sketch. The second one appears to be a, a proper sign. Mm. Oh, boy. I think Dorothy would say uh, to Willow, do you fancy yourself something of an artist? Definitely not. Hmm. I saw you draw before, too, when we uh, first met back at the Walmart. Sometimes it's the only way to get ideas down properly. What's the idea you're trying to get out here? She'll just kind of shrug. She's still not sure. Hmm. Okay. And she'll leave it alone. And Harold, he quietly drinks and works on his whiskey. He's just, he's just kind of working at it right now. I'm watching the three of you. Not quite sure what to say. Yeah, so I, well, I think our goal ultimately will be to just sort of talk with him, kill some time, get him to drink, and maybe maybe we could fast forward through some of that. <laughs> Let's do that. Matt, do you want to spell out Fred's idea? Well, well uh, taking as much time as, as needed uh, for Harold to... Nurses drink, maybe get a little bit tipsy since he's a he's a lightweight, doesn't drink often, and uh, offer a ride back. So we move forward. The clock moves forward. Um, you make, I guess, you make small talk. Unless there's something specific you want to ask this fellow, it's mostly just small talk. And in the silent moments, the awkwardness, Harold sips at his drink, you know, kind of as a way to fill that emptiness. And it doesn't take long. 15, 20, 30 minutes, you, you, he's finished it. Uh, Fred's got him another round. Yeah. You know, and he, he initially declines, but as you sit there awkwardly in silence, he drinks it anyway. Um, so 30 minutes in, um, he's, he's getting a little dizzy. His head is a little bit heavy. His eyes are blinking. You know, he's, and then Fred offers him a ride home. Yep. And he just nods and it says, well, thank you. Thank- yes, I could. Um, yeah, I could use a ride home. Yeah, thanks. He asks if it's okay if he doesn't finish the drink. He's a little feeling a little bit. Um, he's really feeling it. No problem. And um, you guys pay the tab. How? A little extra cash. How, how many napkins do I have at this point? As many as you want. Six. Mm-hmm. And then like on the way out. The convenient tables, I'm just going to put one, like, right in the middle on the way out in, in each table. Can I roll, like, alertness or something for Dorothy? <laughs> well, you, you can see that. That's not, you don't have to roll alertness. You can, see, you can see what Willow's doing. She's not being stealthy about it. No. Yeah. I don't want to let that happen. Um, okay. You could go behind me and pick him up. Yeah, like a little, I think that's what like she would do. Like a mom watching a kid do something. Yep. So she's just collecting these yellow signs. <laughs> But I leave under the impression I got them all put out and Dorothy mm-hmm. just took care of it. Okay. Yeah, you just put them down and then you, you like, went out? Yeah. <laughs> just kept walking. Yep. So chaotic. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and Dorothy, as you're collecting these as fast as, and as unobtrusively as possible, you do catch a glimpse of another patron who, who's staring at the table where the napkin once was. And as you pull it away, the person continues to stare at the table. Damn. And as you leave, you they, they almost seem frozen in place, stunned. Oh, yeah. As, as you hurry away. Yeah, she's just going to leave. So we, we return. Uh, the sidewalks here have... Um, it's night in the city of New Orleans. 
Um, and so this this area is is mostly small businesses, but there's a bar here, which gets more busy as the evening goes on. And there's a few restaurants and shops that the lights are on and they're picking up business. And cars are driving back and forth with their headlights on, illuminating as, as you walk out. Old Harold stumbles a bit and Fred very, very politely helps him out. You know, keeps, keeps him, you know, puts an arm on the shoulder, keeps him steady. Leads him over to that white panel van that the group of you have parked <laughs> just, a, just a few businesses away. Uh, cars go by on the street. There's the city noises, um, murmurs of conversation, car stereos, engines, whatever. Um, you open up the van door. Um, it's just the way you left it. Of course, you've had just the bench seat available. Is that, what's the plan with Harold? Is we putting him in the back seat with, uh, with Fred, or what are we doing? Yeah, it's your call, Matt. Mm. Fred's still being chill about it, right? Like, it's not, we're not overtly taking a prisoner for Willow to notice yet, right? Yeah. Not with you humans, no. <laughs> right. So yeah, no, probably like uh, sits sits in the back with uh, with Harold. He kind of continues doing a bit of small talk, although it's it's very artificial. Yeah. Dorothy'll drive, because Willow's you know on hyper cocaine or whatever. <laughs> Willow is on yeah. it. Willow is still still um, very distracted. So Dorothy, you start the truck up. Uh, Fred gives you some directions, thanks to old Harold. Yeah. But Fred, where where are you sending the van? Where are we going? Yeah, outside the city, uh, in in the swamps. And here's a question: you could there's many directions to leave this city. Hmm. Uh, but if you want to go to the swamps, uh, you could cross the river, cross the Mississippi, and head kind of in that south southwesterly direction, which is kind of the direction Harold told you anyway that you need to go. Yeah, perfect. Wells. Or you could, of course, head straight east. You know, and 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 go further and further out past the Ninth Ward to the O's edges, you know, or cross one of the other bridges, cross the lake. Yeah, which is a little bit harder to get to. So, it may be that you want to follow his directions. Uh, is that what you think? Or you could also go to that place you went earlier, Fred, where you got rid of Violet. No, no, somewhere else. Somewhere okay. else. Yeah. All right. And as as we get closer to since we're, we're driving in the, the same direction as we're driving I'm gonna keep an, an eye open for maybe farther away from where there's a lot of activity in the city uh, where there's maybe sparser houses maybe uh, an alleyway and uh, at that point Fred would uh, would say like can you stop here I need to need to go I need to go mm, okay yeah Dorothy's like oh, oh sure um, yeah she'll pull over yep uh, he'll turn around, grab his gun, and with the butt of his gun, uh, hit old Harold straight in the face. Like, well, Harold's still sitting in the van, right? Yep. Okay. So just turn around and, and, and try to overpower him. Got it. So, uh, let's give me uh, your unarmed plus 20. Okay. For the for the drunk, unsuspecting victim. Oh my god. Uh, that's a 7. Mm-hmm. Oh, 07. Okay. Yep. I'm going to roll his con. I think that's a good way to see if yep. it's going to knock him out or resist. So, <laughs> okay. I got a 22 for old Harold. Mm. He's a tough customer. He's been hit in the face before. So he takes the blow. You see you see him fall to the seat and then um, tumble into the front of the van and then almost spring up on his knees. So he, it's like he falls down, tumbles, twists, kind of springs up. So now his back is to Dorothy, and he's facing at you, Fred, and he's got this wide-eyed look on his face of surprise and alarm. I kind of raises up his hands in front of him in the defensive posture. Uh, you can see the the butt of the gun is caused like a. Oh, she rolled damage for me. Let's let's, let's okay. That out too. Dorothy says, "What the hell?" So let's make that. Uh, I think D D six plus one would be probably a good, good analog. Probably yeah. Fred has gotten out. The dude's on the bench seat, and I'm in the passenger seat, so he, this is going on behind me? No, well, Fred's still in the van, I think. Yeah, yep. Fred's in the van. It, this is going to happen right behind Dorothy, and off, off to your left, Willow. Ooh, that's that's max damage. Uh, that's five. And no, uh, sorry, seven. Yep. You have you basically pretty severely cut him on the, on the side of his head, so it's a bleeder. Yep. And it's, it's dribbling down his face and onto his clothing. Uh, he looks woozy and dizzy, but his eyes are wide, and his hands are up. And in a dex order, I believe it's Willow first, if I, if I correct. It's been a while. Willow, um, you're, you are a little more tuned right now, and so if you want to act first, you may. Uh, 
I trust Fred, so my gun's up and it's on Harold. Like, I pulled it from the small of my back and I'm covering Harold. Alright, so you've drawn. You're gonna hold your shot until what? I'm gonna be taking cues from Fred because he acted first, and that's just okay. how I was trained, right? Alright, Dorothy, what do you want to do? Uh, she's kind of in shock. I think I think she's looking behind her and looking at the situation um, and just going like, uh, what? what's happening to, like, Willow? Yeah. So, um, Fred, you're at a 10, right? Yep. Okay, yeah. Old Harold is going to um, try to get past you, which is not an easy thing to do. You're blocking the door, but he is essentially going to attempt to bolt past you and escape from the van. So he's going to, I'm going to have him moving. And Fred, are you going to, what's your action to counteract that? Block the door. Okay. I'm trying to think. Let's just do it this way. I'll do it as a dex contest between the two of you. See who kind of responds faster. Okay. So go ahead and give me a dex roll, and we'll do it as a contested roll. And Willow would definitely say something like, that's not a good idea. Okay. Yeah, and he uh, he's not doing as well. All right. <laughs> he failed that roll. Yeah, so did I. I failed that one as well. Oh, like man. how bad? 61 over 50. Okay. You begin to bring it closed as he moves forward, and he, with his 93, well, the stumbles. Door, the, the door was closed. Oh, no, I never opened it. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. All right. So, Fred, you've got the door. You've got your hand on the door. He moves. He's unable to get there. It, it's he's, he's in close range with everybody. We're all in close range. We're all basically melee range at this point. Yep. He tries to grab at the handle. Uh, Fred, you're holding on to it. Anything else you want to do, Fred? I'm going to hit him again. I want to knock him unconscious. Do another roll. Yep. <laughs> nope. 96. Okay. So you swing, and it, you're, you basically... You, can't, you connect with the back of Willow's seat yep. as you're trying to hit them, and he's in the midst of all this. Willow, is there anything you want to do? He's, he's basically right there. He's right behind your seat. He's struggling with Fred. He's trying to get out the door. Fred is trying to subdue it. Yeah, it's, it's messy now. Like it, 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 They're just kind of pushing each other, grunting, and mm-hmm. trying to... Yeah. You see Fred is trying to... It looks like kill him. Hmm. Like, my gun is right there. I would tap him on the back of the head with the barrel of a 1911 and see if that snaps him out of it at all. Like just pressing it against the back the back of his head, right? Not smacking with it enough. Yeah, you're gonna notice that it's gonna be crazy enough. I would think most people aren't gonna like. He's gonna have to be pretty intent to ignore that. Right. So um, as you do tap on there, um, it doesn't seem to stop him. So we can move the next round. Damn. Um, as you're doing this, he backs away and then clamors over. Hey, hang on, hang on. Dorothy's got a turn. Dorothy's gonna hit him. Dorothy's gonna hit Seeing him. her teammates doing this, she's gonna trust them, and she's gonna turn around and just punch him in the back of the head. So Dorothy, let's give me an just an unarmed combat roll. You're sure. Like from, you're in the driver's seat, turning around to hit somebody who's basically kind of over your right shoulder. And I've got sixty on unarmed. Oh, that's good. You have and 60? That's an eighteen. There you go. Yeah, as much as as Fred. Nice. So I believe it's what is it D four minus one? I believe. Just for basic unarmed? Yep. Yeah, I think so for her. It's always the little ones you gotta watch out for. Yeah. Three minus one is two. And Fred originally had seven damage, right? Damn. So, um, Dorothy, you hit him. You basically clock him in the back of his neck, is what you do. And he's, he tumbles down, and you see him hit the seat and hit the floor of the van. He takes a breath, but he's face down in the van at this point. So, Willow and Fred, you have an action. We have zip ties in the bags, right? Yeah, you do. Zip tie them. So, um, for our purposes, we'll say, Willow, do you want to just hold him for a second? Yeah, I'm just in a horrible position because I'm, like, turned around behind myself. So I can, I mean, I'll put the gun in the middle of his back and put some pressure on it. And so Fred just kind of scrambles to the back of the van. You have the two boxes back there. Open it up. Grab some of the zip ties. Go up there. He's moaning in pain on the floor. And, and there's a blood pool forming around his head. Uh, but he's he's not dead. Fred, you can tell. But he's in, he's in bad shape as he's kind of moaning and, and rolling a little bit, but doesn't give a lot of resistance. As you grab his arms... You see Fred kind of turn around. He's like kind of half standing up in the van right next to, to Harold. He looks at, at the both of you, does a quick nod towards Harold. A nod of like, we leave him like this or we, we end it right here. Okay, you do a gesture of... Uh, no. <laughs> Dor- Dorothy doesn't 
doesn't say anything. Right. Yiki turns, looks at Willow. I mean, not here. Is there um, duct tape? There is duct tape. Duct tape his mouth. All right. So you go back, grab the roll, bring it around, tear off a piece. Yep. Put it down and put it on. You've got his hands behind his back, zip tied, and duct tape over his mouth. Uh, And he's he's still bleeding into the the floorboard of the van. Jesus Christ. All right. The head wound is really gushing. All right. So, um... Yeah, and you you can see it's a, it's starting to make a, a large wet surface here, so you should be careful as you move around. You know you're gonna get bloody boot prints and whatnot. Yep. I would point out we're gonna have to take care of that, or we're gonna lose him just on that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll find any tissue that I can, any like first aid bandages, whatever, and just just press it on his head. Uh, make sure it kind of absorbs some of the bleeding as much as possible. Well, I mean, so someone has first aid in there in the van, right? Yeah. Someone does have those skills. Yeah, that's me. I have sixty. You have more than me. Well, how, how much you have? Oh, you have sixty. Yeah. Oh, then you're She's better. She's a doctor. Yeah. I'm an actual MD. Oh yeah. Willow, do you want to take care of this? Just so it stops bleeding. Like I'm not trying to ease pain or anything. I'm just like I don't want to open the door to the van and blood runs out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's what I'm trying to avoid. Yeah. So Willow, as as you begin putting some pressure on it, put the bandages, you see this needs stitches. That's what your initial analysis is. This is a, a wound that is opened, and it's gonna. You can put some pressure on it, but it's gonna need stitches to close this up. And where are we? In we're still like in the middle of the town, right? You're still we're, in we're, town. We're in an alley. Yeah, kind of in a more secluded part of town. But I think at at this point, Dorothy's basically like, when should I start driving? Now. No. Okay, so she'll start driving out of, out of town. All right, and you begin. So Dorothy, you stay on the you know, are you st- are you going to the larger roads or are you staying off the major roads? What's your plan, Dorothy? Uh, I don't know exactly. Um, probably. I mean, she she wants to get out into the swamps. Okay. So I'm not I'm not sure. Direct routes, basically direct routes. So you you're taking the larger routes, the more direct routes, the bigger areas. Okay. Areas that have you know multiple lanes and, and street lights and stoplights and traffic. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to not do that if possible. I mean, can can we get to the swamps other ways? There are other ways. Yeah, you'll have to just take a roundabout way. Okay, then I'll try to do that. All right, well, that's what we'll do. So I won't I won't make us fret over it. As everything gets concealed and settled down, it takes probably a good twenty minutes, Dorothy, to re- reach the outskirts of town, the edges of the wards, along some of the uh, the southern areas. And this is kind of the southern eastern areas of, of New Orleans, you know, where you're, you're far out away from any of the business, busy areas and areas that are recently developed and areas that the development's not sticking are areas where, where some of the earthen dams and dikes are, have faded away and, you know, and the swamp has returned. Mm-hmm. And you stumble upon an area that it seems pretty abandoned. Uh, well, there's, this, there's no city lights, there's no street lights. The roads are slim and narrow. And the, the buildings look disused. And you can make out, of course, the, the distant trees of the swamps, you know, as uh, just right at the edge of the city. Yeah. So you find a place to stop. Um, he's he's passed out okay. at this point. Uh, so and, uh, Willow's done a good job as a doctor of staunching the bleeding, but he's lost a bunch of blood and he's passed out. So he doesn't struggle anymore. Faint pulse, faint signs of life, but he's not dead. Yeah, and as, as Dorothy stops the, the van, I think she'll look back at Fred and be like, do something. <sighs> you can't just leave the guy like this. Oh, I know. Um, he's going to open the, the van doors. So the sliding door on the side, right? Yep. He's going to, to, to grab Harold out. Going to put it on his on his shoulder and kind of uh, drop him. But, well, not drop him, but kind of gently lay him on the ground. And he's going to remove his, his, his handgun uh, from uh, from the belt remove safety and just kind of turn to the others and say here Willow would kind of like look around a little bit and if there's nothing hugely yes she would uh, she just yeah shrug and Fred he sighs kind of looks around and and clean shot right in the back of the head alright and what kind of gun are you using? I think at this point it's not a service pistol. 
He could use one of the shotguns, but he's not dumb enough to use his service pistol. He does have those 22s as well. Yeah, there's the 22s in the bag. Then uh, that's what I'm going to use. All right, and, and I mean, it's a good close-range weapon. You know, it's a, it's an assassin's weapon. Yep. You know, basically, the, the bullet stays inside the body. Mm. Not enough not enough power <laughs> to go all the way through. Yep. Yeah, and it's, 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 it's something that, as you know from your training, a lot of mobsters and others have used these weapons. Yep. A cheap, reliable, disposable. Yeah, he thinks of a, thinks to himself that there's not much difference between them and, and him right now. And, uh, yeah, shoots him in the back of the head and is going to kind of wade a bit further into the swamp uh, to find a spot where to, to dump the body. Right. So what we have, of course, is, is a single shot, single pop. You know, just a single flash out, outside. Not a lot of light as you, the close range shot. Boom, pop. Fred, you're, you are... Um, you lose one sanity. You succeed in your obviously your violence roll, but it still costs one sanity for Fred yep. to do this. Willow, you also lose one sanity. Dorothy, roll your sand. <laughs> Will do. Uh, fifty-four. I think that's oh or under under fifty. Oh God, fifty-eight. I'm getting close. Ooh. So Dorothy, you you have succeeded a sand roll for violence. So you can tick that box, and you. you sh- you can take one Sandy damage still for the uh, the innocent life that we've just taken out. But uh, Dorothy has justified it to herself. And the difference there is we're adapted to violence and she's not yet. Yep. But that's what the Correct. tech gets her to. It's okay. All right, Fred, it doesn't take long. It's just under under two minutes. You've waded out kind of ankle deep into some old swampy, uh, some old swampy, muddy, mucky ground. Uh, and there's a, a very, very slow moving flow of water from left to right murky water uh, and maybe something moving in the distance beyond your your sight out here in the swamps you put the body in the swamp and it seems to float a bit Fred is that what your plan is or no he's gonna try to make sure that it, it sinks as much as possible he, he's gonna like look for a rock or something to kind of put in the pockets just to, to ease uh, it's sinking so um Let's go criminology for this. I think that's a good analog. Yes. Let's see how you do. That's a failure. 72 over 50. All right. So you, Fred does the best he can to find some weights to put in the pockets and put them in the clothes yep. and push the body out. And you see it kind of bobbing a little bit as it drifts just at the surface level as it kind of bobs away. Do you want to let it go or you want to do something else, Fred? Oh, he sees that it's kind of bobbing like fucking hell. Um... He's going to kind of go around and try to... Um, I myself do not know how to make a body sink, and I have no intent on, on learning it. Um, mm-hmm. With his FBI training, did, would he know something to... I mean, in his experience, they, they have... When he's recovered bodies with the Bureau and other law enforcement, they'll often put them inside something that, that sinks. Mm. You know, of course, the mob would weigh these things down with concrete. You don't have yeah. Yeah, cinder blocks and cinder blocks and things like that. But I think the most common practice in Fred's experience as a law, law officer is where they would dispose of the body in something that was heavy, mm-hmm. a, an object. You know, and that's you'll find it inside something, or of course they'll dismember. You know, that's always an option that little they, pieces that people will do. Yeah, I, I would say. I think we're okay to just let him float. Yeah. Because it sounds like he's about to get eaten by an alligator. Yep. Yeah. At, at this point, yeah, he, he kind of thinks maybe he could go back, grab a tie wrap, and wrap it around like a, a large, heavy branch. Um, but he's like, you know when at this point... Wood also floats. That's true. <laughs> he's like, oh, fuck it. He kind of, he goes back. All right. All right, so Fred, when you return, you um, your ankles and your feet are muddy. Yep. They're no your shoes are no longer bloody. You've you've kind of washed the blood off with the mud, but there is a blood pool inside the van. Mm-hmm. Do we have towels in in the van? Uh, you you don't really have towels, but you have a lot of the plastic wrap and pl- that that tarps. You have tarps okay. back there, and you have duct tape as well. You know, as much as you need, and ropes if you need those too. I think we should go back into town probably, or go somewhere, stop at like a Walmart or something, and grab some towels. Um, especially red towels, um, and just try to deal with like getting that cleaned up 
before we go to Elysian Wells. Yep. I I agree. How far away is Elysian Wells? Like a drive? It's by looking at your map you have to do you'll do an estimate. And you guys are estimating maybe two to three hours, depending on the, the nature of the roads, the towns, the, you know, whatnot. So, yeah. Do we want to go tonight? Willow would definitely suggest it. Willow would be like, let's okay. go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Willow can drive. Fred is just going to say that he's, I'm, I'm going to buy other clothes. Yeah. Let, yeah. Let's. So, Walmart and then go. Yeah. Well, how about this? Uh, we don't need to look for a Walmart. There's you guys can find a corner corner gas station convenience store. Sure. Yeah. And inside, it's got they've got you know towels and extra stuff and and you know, paper towels and beach towels or whatever you need. It's got yep. supplies for for tourists at a, at a high markup. You don't care. You've got the money, so you can buy some some things from that guy, uh, and hop back back in your vehicle, fill it up with gas, and drive on out. You'll also, if you want, there's a there's a car wash, a do-it-yourself car wash attached to the gas station <laughs> as another option to hose out the inside is it just the steel floor yeah it's basically the steel floor I, um no there's gonna be some splatter on the bench too probably you know, yeah kind of moved around is it worth it to risk drawing the attention no it's a sunday night fred, fred says very matter-of-factly in any case once we're done with this we're gonna burn this van or yeah drive it into a lake right and we're off, right? Yeah. Yep. So what we have now is our nighttime travel montage with the, the darkest of clouds hanging over the three of you as you're heading in a westerly direction. Your trip out of New Orleans takes a little bit of a sidetrack as you have to go up and over and around, basically go around the Lake Salvador, which is almost directly south of the city of New Orleans and also south of the river. And then follow some of the major interstates. The 90 is what we talked about that you guys are traveling on. And as you travel, you know, the lights of the highway just, just keep drifting by. You're passing vehicles, cars are passing you. Nighttime traffic on a Sunday night is pretty light. Yeah. I, I, uh, I don't imagine this is a, a play car music sort of situation that we're all in. No, mm-hmm. I think it's silent. A silent contemplative trip because Dorothy wants to wants to say like what the fuck was that why did you do that but she knows she knows exactly why and she can't really say anything about it so I think she's just silent I, I, I think during the drive Fred would say from what I understand of the protocol we were given guy was pretty high on the list right yeah I think so I think Willow would actually be kind of happy because we're following orders again. We're doing what we're supposed to be doing. Yep. Oh, so Willow, um, you're you, you've, you're coming down. Yeah. You're also coming down, uh, and and you can feel your your body is is starting to feel those effects now catching up, as as the overtaxed organs and muscles and everything. Obviously not a doctor, but all the you know everything that you all the energy you spent, you're crashing. And uh, you're probably having a hard time staying awake on this drive. So I don't know. Uh, does Willow do anything medically to keep herself going? Or does she want to crash and, and recover? She's probably going to want to crash and recover. And she's going to Fred running shotgun. Like she'd probably want to switch at least. But maybe we do stop before we get to Elysium Wells. And she's kind of irritated when she says mm-hmm. that. Like it's not what she wanted to be doing. Yeah, I figure Dorothy is still driving at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So uh, Willow does get some rest, and uh, we'll see if it's enough. But uh, Dorothy, as you drive into the night sky, you know the headlights on the freeway, you basically you're passing these kind of small remote cities and towns, mm-hmm. and these areas w- which are green and overgrown and some swampy areas. You know, as you're moving further and further away from from the major cities, eventually. As you travel, uh, you're getting more and more into the less inhabited parts of the state. So where the, basically there's the further and further distance from any kind of lights or civilization. And the, the buildings you do see are small, mm-hmm. um, run down, ramshackle, you know, with a very, um, with very faint illumination. Uh, the trees are overgrown and overcoming things. And in many cases, the trees are overcoming the buildings themselves. 
and kind of retaking these small, once thriving communities that are very much in disrepair and are shrinking away over here in these parts. Or the swamp is returning. Eventually, along your travel, we'll say, um, we're going to make this 11 p.m. at night. All right, well, you leave the 90. Looking on your map, of course, you, you were shown by Old Herald, uh, which exit to take. A route called 317, just outside Centerville, which basically heads down towards the Gulf. And all along this route, there is very little in the way of civilization. Um, you pass just a couple of gas stations, a couple of, of dirt motels, and uh, abandoned, closed-up businesses. Um, and you see old, faded signs. Um, and you see, you could hear the sound of the, the living swamp around you, and the night creatures, and, and the frogs, and the insects. And you know, uh, above you, of course, the, the sky. You can see the the moon is out, uh, the stars are out. Um, there are some heavy clouds moving around, but for the most part, it's clear night, probably got about a half moon, so we have some illumination, mostly the headlights, as you get further and further away from civilization. Dorothy, roll alertness for me. Sure. Uh, 69 over 43. Uh, in other games, that'd be a great roll. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but not this one. Not this one. All right. Yeah, it's, it's lonely out here, Dorothy. I'll put it that way. Very little traffic. There's You see some vehicles, but very little traffic as you get further and further away. And as you're driving, Dorothy, you, you kind of wonder, I mean, what what am I looking for? I mean, you've got a map, uh, but you don't have a, a road sign, a, road, a street sign. Uh, you, yep. You're not quite sure what to see. Um, Fred, are you in the passenger seat? Uh, yeah, I would have left uh, the um, back area for, uh, for Willow. Okay. Yeah, so Willis crashed out in the back. Uh, Fred, give me an alertness roll as well. Okay. Jesus fucking... One good roll and then it's done for, for the night. Uh, 68. No. That's a oh, no. Gotcha. There's not much to see out here. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's swamps. Uh, occasionally it's old abandoned vi- uh, houses or structures or gas stations or shops um, and these shuttered businesses in areas that you pass. Along the way... Um, with the quiet and the solitude as you're both looking for where to go. I think you feel it before you hear it. You feel the van uh, shake and rattle. All right, uh, and tilt slightly. And there's a really difficult ear-piercing, scratching, uh, metallic screeching sound from the roof of the van as you hear something uh, like the van is uh, caving in slightly from the roof, like something is on the van. And there's a a very low growl, screech, moan, cry, something bellows out somewhere outside the van. Um, And Willow is fast asleep. I don't notice. Uh, Dorothy, you feel the the van drifting and drift, shaking from side to side a little bit, mm-hmm. like something is is something is pushing the van. Are we on a highway? You're on a, you're on a two lane road. Um, okay. Your side view mirrors. There's nothing. Right and left. There's nothing. Yep. Your rear view mirror. There's nothing. But you can feel the van being moved, and you can hear the metal of the roof of the van, kind of scraping and scratching and squealing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, does it remind her of what we experienced in the motel back in uh, Carlos? Roll your um, unnatural for me. Okay. <laughs> uh, no, that's a 91. Of course, what you experienced there was the ceiling being broken open mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and the whole bathroom collapsing. Yeah, it was, it was something was, massive. It was more brutal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this similar but different. Interesting, okay. So, uh, Fred, you have a natural, though. You can give it a roll, Fred. <laughs> he does. No, 86. All right. What is with the rolls? Yeah, I know. Dorothy, your action is, what do you want to do? Oh, well, I think she's she's gripping the steering wheel, and she's trying to keep it straight. And um, she says, like, like Fred, what's going on? What, what, what do I do? And I think she's going to try to speed up. He was kind of, like, just staring outside, kind of 
wasn't falling asleep, but was just kind of daydreaming, I think. Uh, or taking notes in his little pad. Just kind of drops everything. Um, I don't know. Hold on. And he kind of like scrambles in the back. Probably shakes Willow as, as he passes by and goes for a shotgun. All right. So, um, Willow, give me a con roll. 23 under 55. All right. So, uh, Willow, what's your current willpower? Current is seven? Essentially... Here's what we got. The rest has not been sufficient for her to recover any willpower. Mm -hmm. So she's going to remain at seven, but she's awake now, so she hasn't been fully rested. She didn't get enough sleep yet, unfortunately. Willow, you you, you wake up. You unhappily wake up, but you're awake. And Fred scrambles past you yeah. to get to the back of the van. As, as he does, he just kind of says, something's on the roof of the car. So as we're moving, uh, Dorothy, uh, give me the dreaded drive roll. All right, here <laughs> we go. Oh, man. Big old drive roll. Got this. Uh, 14 under 20. Ooh, yeah. There you go. <laughs> Alright. So, Dorothy, you um, shake the vehicle a little bit and speed it up. And, uh, Fred, you hear a drifting, scratching sound moving towards the back of the van. As the van speeds up, you feel the, you feel the van speed up, and whatever is up there starts drifting back towards the back of the van as the van speeds up. Okay. Fred, roll your alertness for me. Yeah, I was about to do something really stupid, but I think this... Yeah. No, 76. I don't know what's going on. I'm cursed. Yeah, um, yeah it's it's too dark outside. You just you can't... Yeah, you, you just can't tell what's happening. Well... what? Yeah, what is happening? What I, what I was about to do is is slightly open, the, like, the sliding door of the van. Oh, I love it. Kind of lean out with, a sh with the shotgun in his left hand and just kind of look for whatever's on the van... On the floor, he doesn't know what's going on. All right, so here's what we got. Right, Dorothy's driving. Fred, yeah, you get in the back. Open up a box. Yep. Grab a shotgun. Uh, I'm gonna do, what, give me one more alertness roll while you're in the back. Okay. Because we, we got two windows in the back of the van as well. Oh, that's a success. 46. Okay. Because while you're there, you're mere... You're like six inches from the back windows of the van. Mm -hmm. um, you see something hanging off the back of the van. Oh, fuck. And it's really difficult. All you have is a faint illumination of the red brake lights illuminating what looks like this gray-brownish limbs of something. And like a, a cape, a fleshy cape, maybe. And the cape is flapping about somewhere behind the van. Um, and it's it's scrambling on the side to kind of get perch or purchase on the back of it. It appears like it's wide enough to cover the entire entire roof or the entire part of it it's larger than you are whatever the hell this thing is and it is moving and scrambling about and, and kind of clawing about at the back of the van you hear the noises of its claws hooks something scratching and, cr and scrambling on the back of this and you hear once again fred just above you this kind of roarish screeching gulping horrible sound it sounds like it's, it's just feet away from you do i hear it this time and Willie, you hear it too. It's uh, it's on the van. I fucking unload. I got two into what? 1911s through the roof of the van, mm -hmm. like the back section of the van. Like I shoot as much as I can. So while I have Willow doing that, up Fred, what your action as well is? Do you still want to open it up, or you want to do something else? Yeah, he wanted to open it up and just right, gun whatever's gunnable. <laughs> as Fred moves back to the side of the van to open it up with the shotgun, Willow just starts shooting. So, uh, Willow, describe to me the uh, what this looks like. So, Fred walked past me. I was leaning down on the back seat. So, I, like, sat up and braced on the back, I guess. Like, mm. so, two shoulder holster, 1911s. Pull them out, point them at the roof, and just start shooting. I mean, she can shoot. She's got seven rounds in each, but, I mean, it's going to take some time. All right. So, um, for game mechanical purposes, you get, she's taking a single shot or a burst shot. I'm assuming this is a burst shot. As it will do, right? Yeah, like four at least, two out of each gun. Like that would happen very quick. Give me two firearms rolls, just up for. I want to get a sense of if you've got a critical success or not, to get a sense of how good of a shot this is. Of course, you can't oh. see your target. One's a thirteen. Mm -hmm. oh, okay, thank God. The other one's a ninety-six. I thought it was a ninety-nine. Okay. Right, I want you to basically roll lethality for me. I'll, I'll, I think ten percent sounds about right. I rolled 17. All right. 17 is good. Unfortunately, Willow, uh, you you fire multiple times into the roof. That's 
what you see. You don't even know what you're shooting at, but you're shooting at a general center mass of whatever this thing is. Fred, you unlatch, just grab the latch, pull it up, slide the door, the sliding door, outside the vehicle is traveling, we'll say a good 65 miles per hour. It's a good rate. Uh, you feel the wind and the, uh, the landscape shooting by you, Fred. You want to take a look? Yeah. All right. So, Fred, you peer out. What you see on top of the van, Fred, is, is very hard for me to describe. Um, and it's very hard for you to even understand what the hell you're looking at. It's not a, it's not a bird. It's bigger than that. It's bigger than a bat. It's almost like a bat, mole, humanid, lizard combination. It's, it's, it's bizarre. They, it's got wings, but they're, they're fleshy wings and they're attached to the two arms. And the back legs have a strange webbing to them. And it's the whole body is a strange, odd shape with kind of fur and muscle and mass and an unusual formation. And as the, the van moves, these fleshy wings are fluttering and flapping about as it's scrambling with these large clawed limbs to try and grasp onto the side of this van. Now, where you are, you can't make out if it has a head or not. It must have a head. You can't see it. Oh, you just see this weird shape of a, a torso. These odd-looking dark-colored limbs, um, kind of with a fur on them. A dark-colored matted fur. And these odd, flappy, fleshy wings. Uh, roll Sandy for me, Fred. Oh, yeah, I was waiting for it. What the hell is this? <laughs> <laughs> Does it have eyes? Too many eyes? We'll, we'll find out. We'll find out. Uh, that's a failure, 51. Okay, good. All right, and then let me just check here. D6. Two. Okay, so it's two Sandy loss, unnatural. Yep. Just from seeing what he thinks he saw? Oh, he saw it. He saw it. This large entity is trying to grab, tackle, squeeze, pick up, who knows, the, the van. All right, and you can see, Fred, that it has scratched the hell out of the top. Yeah. Just from where your vantage point is. I'll go back to Dorothy. Dorothy's your action. Um, what do you want to do? First thing, she's going to try to maybe look in the rearview mirror and see where what Fred and Willow are doing uh, doing right now. Yeah, you 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 also saw the flashes when Willow was firing yeah. into the ceiling yep. of the van. It, it flashed the entire interior of the van. You probably heard that as well. <laughs> oh yeah, loudly. everybody heard that real loud. Forty mm-hmm. fives are not quiet. So you you've got a good sense of what Willow was doing, and she's firing. Somewhere, flash, 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 bang, bang, you know, pop, 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 in rapid succession. That's not that surprising. Dorothy's trying to debate whether or not to destabilize the van, either moving it, you know, side to side or, or like slamming on the brakes. But if Fred is like out the door, she's not going to do that. <laughs> Please, though. Yeah, so she'll, she'll take it off the gas a little bit and start to slow down gradually. Okay, got it. So she's you, you're slowing the speed of the van down a bit, um, and then we would go to Willow next. Fred, what the hell is it? That, that's what I want to know. I'd be yelling at Fred. So you, you, hear, you just hear Fred, like, open the door, kind of looking determined and alarmed, kind of looking with the shotgun out and just saying, oh, my God. Shoot more. I sh- he says, oh, my God, I shoot more. Like uh, he sounds scared. Okay, I shoot lots more. All right, Willow, give me, t- give me two more firearms rolls. Ooh, I'm 11. so confused. <laughs> 11. Ooh, there you go. Crit. And a 51. Those are both successes, though, right? Uh, yeah, 60, 70, 62 under, or for firearms. Got it. So, I mean, of course, well, it's hard for Willow. Willow doesn't, doesn't see it. She's basically firing through the van, which gives it some limited armor as well. You're firing to cover. It's essentially would be a lethal. If this were a person, this would be a lethal shot, that, that 22. So as you fire, fire, unload, uh, Willow, you hear it, a, that awful, horrible, low shrieking sound, and you hear a tumble, tumble. Um, and both you and Fred see uh, through the back windows of the van, this large shape drop behind the van, and you hear the, the, um, the metallic shrieking stops. Stop, Dorothy. Stop? Stop. No, keep, keep going, keep going. <laughs> I, I, uh... You don't want to know what it is, Fred? No, it's going to fucking kill us is what it's going to do. This thing's huge. I think Dorothy keeps going. Okay, listen to Fred. I didn't fucking see it. All right. Fred, what do you want to do? 
as Dorothy keeps driving. Um, how far away is it? If it just fell right behind the van. Well, we're going like 65. Is is the door closed or did you, is the door I, still open? I think the door is still open. He's still got it slightly open. Dorothy would say, close the door. So, so how, how far away would it be for me to try to blast it with a pump shotgun? Now, as the vehicle's moving away from it, it's getting further and further every, yeah. just every second. Yeah, hundreds of feet. Yeah. Yeah. He, he like kind of awkwardly prepared it to shoot, like even pumped it and everything. And, and then he just kind of looks around, goes back inside, slams the door shut. And so Dorothy will say, if it, if it hops on again, I'm going to speed up and then slam on the brakes. So prepare for that. Okay. I reload. <sighs> yeah. You're, you're driving. Willow has popped out both of the, the mags, you know, on her, and put fresh ones in and, and, and prepared herself. Fred, what do you want to do? Grip the shotgun and just kind of look around, try to see if it is following. All right, so uh, I'll have you go to the back window. That makes sense. There are yep. two windows on the back of this van. Mm-hmm. So you, you just slide back to the back. All right. As you look in the back, the rear view lights of this van. It's the only illumination we have out here and on this kind of small, swampy road. But with just that illumination, Fred, you see this mass of something. Um, moving and tumbling about, and then you see it rise up behind the van, like on two legs, rise up. Um, these large, fleshy, tattering wings on both sides rise up as it lifts its arms, and it looks like, I don't know, like a paraglider or something. It's unusual. And Fred, somewhere behind this thing, there's illumination. Like on the road behind it, you see lights slowly coming coming into focus. It's being backlit by something. All right, Fred, you see it rise up and flutter into the sky. And where it once was, there are headlights way back behind you on the road. He's utterly confused. Um, kind of looks around. Fucking someone saw it. All right, so Dorothy, um, you're driving. You're driving. Um, give me an alertness roll, Dorothy. Come on, baby. 28 under 43. As you're going through your through your left side driver's basically rear view mirror, you catch a glimpse of something moving, like just a motion behind you, like, like something large, kind of coming behind the van. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what you want her to do. She's going to keep driving. Um, she's going to try to find the exit that, that we need. All right. So um, let's see. Roll your luck for me, Dorothy. Let's try. Sure. That. No, 91. Okay. Yeah, she, uh, around you, what you see are trees. You see swamps. You see no roads, driveway signs, nothing. Okay. You're driving, you're driving, you're driving. And you hear sounds above you, above the van. Okay. All right. Um, that, that strange, awful, screeching sound echoing yep. about through the swamps. All right. Somewhere ahead of you, you catch a glimpse of it flying in front of the van, circling. And it's circling back oh. towards the van. As you drive, Dorothy, you catch a glimpse of it coming back to the van, diving back down to the roof of the van. And everyone feels the impact of it as it hits the roof of the van. And you see part of the van roof caves in slightly, and you hear that awful screeching sound of metal above you. And she, she says, hold on, and she starts speeding up. Okay. Right, roll a drive for me, Dorothy, again. Okay. 11 un- under 20. Oh, oh, man. Wow. Here we go. There we go. So, Dorothy, you, you slam on the accelerator and you feel the, you hear and feel the metallic scraping towards the back of the van. And then you slam on the brakes. Is that the plan? Uh, yeah, as we're getting faster and then, and then she'll, um, I guess, yeah, she'll slam on the brakes. Okay. And she's doing exactly what she told us she was going to do. So I brace. Right. Yep. Yep. All right. So, as you slam on the brakes, Dorothy, everyone f- leans forward. And you hear the screeching sound of the brakes. Dorothy, you see it fly off the roof of the van, tumble in front of you, tumble, 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 tumble. The headlights illuminated. Dorothy, roll sand for me. Okay. And, and the, the second part of that plan was as soon as she sees it hit the road, she's going to speed up and try to run it over. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sand roll. Uh, sand rolls 11 again. Wow. Um, that's a success. All right. Yeah, this is still going to be one. This is still one from a natural. Yeah. So um, what you see, Dorothy, is is a a large flying 
a bat-shaped, bird-shaped, with lizard appendages, with kind of mole fur skin that's this odd-shaped conglomeration with these kind of weird, fleshy, leathery wings. And the, the wings kind of flutter and flap around it like a cape or something almost as it tumbles around in front of you. Like it doesn't, the wings seem like worthless. They don't make any sense to you. Uh, but it tumbles, 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 tumbles in front of you. It seems it's kind of come to a rest maybe about 50, 60 yards in front of the van as you immediately hit the accelerator and drive towards it. And Dorothy, you realize this thing's got a lot of mass to it. Okay. And this, this, um, this impact could be a problem for your van. Are you going to go through with it? I mean, how big are we talking? Like, is it human-sized? It's bigger than human-sized. It's it's bigger maybe like size. mass, like moose mass. I was thinking you like know? a moose for some reason. Fuck. Yeah, like it's a big thing. Yeah, that, like that size of that much mass to it. It's gonna be a. It's okay. gonna be a hit. If this. Can thing. I roll? Well, you tell me. The way that it landed is is it sideways with its head into the center of the road? Are we gonna t-boat it or are we gonna hit it head on? Um, it tumbled like kind of head over heels kind of thing and then stopped. It looks like it's it's crouching. Oh, okay. It's not laying down? Yeah. Damn. Oh, yeah. fuck. Uh, and Dorothy, you, you don't see like a face on this thing either. Mm. It doesn't have like eyes and ears. It There's a mouth there, but it's got a, a nubby looking protrusion. And it, it, it doesn't seem to have any eyes. Okay. It, it's got a, what, it's, it's missing a face. Yeah. It's the best way to describe it. She's going to try to, so first off, looking ahead, there's if there's nobody coming towards us, nobody. she's going to try to get into the oncoming lane and pass it. Okay. All right. With, with her 11 in drive, I'm not going to make you roll again. That was, so she zooms around it and you, you watch it as it goes, you're right towards it with the headlights and then it zooms off to your right passenger side and you just speed right past it. Um, for those of you looking out the back windows, um, you see it stand up again, rearing up on two legs, uh, spreading its f- weird t- fleshy wings to both sides, and then j- leaping up into the sky. And once again, fl- somehow flying up, up, up into the darkness ahead of you as you continue to drive. Uh, Dorothy? I'm going to try to keep it at the speed limit. All right. Roll your luck for me again. Okay. 22. No. That's a good roll. Is that three crits in a row? Yep. Yes, it is. <laughs> As you're driving, Dorothy, um, your headlights catch the reflectors of some vehicles off to the right side. You happen to take a look at them. There's three vehicles parked along the side of the road. Um, and then right next to those vehicles, um, you're just, the light just happens to catch it. Like, just happens to catch this old, beaten, weather worn sign. All right, that's, that's covered in kind of uh, like leaves and vines and moss, but you can just make out the words there. Welcome to Elysian Wells on this old weathered sign uh, right amongst where this other vehicles have parked along the side of the road. They tell me all your stories, all the little worries you cry. They tell me what the world needs, what to say, who to please, where my loyalty should lie. Travel, the trials and the battles, how many 